What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Oh, yeah, we got some good games to preview today. Six NFC home games, not like those crappy AFC home games. We got some good ones, like like Vikings Cowboys, Dave. I cannot. That's a good one. I can't figure this one out. I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a chance. Uh, I do. Oh, okay. I think there's a chance the Cowboys just humble the Vikings and put on a great showing. But I think I think the Vikings could go in there. What's going to happen? What you tell me? What's going to happen? Well, what do you know about Kirk Cousins when he plays winning yeah, teams man, in prime yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. <laughs> And the rankings reflect that this week. It's just Adam and Dave today, by the way. So I get to pick apart the rankings a little bit. Should be fun. I'm surprised. You don't I, pick apart the rankings when everybody's here? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I don't know why I said that. Like, I get on. to talk today. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um, <laughs> As opposed to any other podcast. Right, yeah, no. I got I to I finally get a word in today. Uh, why, why, you guys <laughs> so, why you guys so low on David Montgomery? I made a mistake, I assume. I started him over Melvin Gordon. But I'm hot. Oh, why, why? 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 Because he's got a great matchup. The Lions give up the most fantasy points to running backs. Come One on. thing that I really should have done a better job of preaching uh, around this time, maybe a few weeks ago, I probably should have started, is the importance of running backs playing on Thursday night and the theory that I've been running with for years that it takes a running back, you know, just a few days to get his act together, ready to play another game of football. Whereas a defense, we're talking about 11 guys that have to all come together in four days time to get healthy and get their bodies ready, assuming that they're healthy and that it's a startable unit to go play on Thursday night. And that usually doesn't work out well for the defense. And it does work out well for the running back. I really wish I could go back in time and say that about Kenyon Drake, but Drake's big game last Thursday made me wake up and realize, hey, there's probably a good opportunity for Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Josh Jacobs to have good games against each other in the Thursday night game. And this week I was on top of that. Melvin Gordon was a top five or six Six, running back for me this week. Mm -hmm. And Josh Jacobs was fourth for me. So I really went all in on those two guys. Yeah, it worked out. It did. And I think it was because it was Thursday. Eckler got that touchdown. Uh, The Lions, though, they've allowed... 15, 15 or more non-PPR fantasy points to a running back in seven of eight games this year. That's the Lions, and that's David Montgomery's matchup. So I don't think I don't think Montgomery's going to be bad this week. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, also, like Matt Ryan at the Saints, he's like tenth, eleventh for you guys. That's interesting. 
worried about turnovers. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for Heath or Jamie, but I, I think that there could be um, concern about turnovers, bad play, getting sacked a lot. Um, could be a lot of garbage time where Matt Ryan actually steps up. Love him in FanDuel. I think he could end up being a pretty sneaky play. I don't think a lot of people are turning to him as a FanDuel play this week. Look at his his history at New Orleans. It's good, not great, which is kind of like where mm-hmm. you guys have him ranked. Um, all right, so let's talk about Oakland 26 and the Chargers 24, and we'll get into the NFC home games. We have some injury updates for you. Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Is that official? I think they reported that on the on the pregame. I show don't yesterday. think it's I don't think it's officially official. Usually those things happen either on Fridays when a player isn't listed on the injury report or on Sunday when a player is made active. I think it would be kind of dopey of Andy Reid to make him questionable and be coy about it when he's had full practice well, all week. Joe Buck so. was alluding to it like they're getting Mahomes back. I think he said they reported it on their pregame show, but I haven't seen well, it. Well, if Joe else. says it, then if it's Joe gotta says be it, yeah, that's Joe what, knows. That's what Rob's saying. All right, so and look, I'm not saying that with sarcasm. So yeah, that probably means that Mahomes is playing. Last, but it looked that way anyway. Last night, Oakland 26 and the Chargers 24. This was fun. I got to tell you though, mm-hmm. I'm really mad at Philip Rivers. But more on that in a minute. Let's yeah. look, let's look at this Twitter poll. I said I was going to start the show with here. Uh, I'm going to ask Dave a buy or sell. But first, you get to weigh in with a special Twitter poll: buy or sell. Melvin Gordon is a stud fantasy running back again. 75% are buying it. 6% are selling it. What side are you on? Melvin Gordon is a stud fantasy running back again. Buy or sell? I'm buying it. Uh, He looks great. And uh, I was talking on the radio in Tampa this morning about how this would have been about the time of year when he would have had to come back from the holdout if he wanted to get credit for 2019. And if this was his first game back from that holdout, he probably would have looked like the guy that we saw three weeks ago where just wasn't quite the same Melvin Gordon. But now that he's had a chance to really get his legs under him and work his way back into football shape, you're getting the guy that we remember. Thank goodness. And it looked good, too, because that Raiders defense, I think they're improving, Adam. I think they're going to be a better unit next year. I'm interested to see how they uh, maneuver this offseason. But for this game, despite a bad offensive line, Melvin Gordon was creating yards and making plays and doing all the things that I love. And he was also the guy working inside the five for the Chargers. And this team should continue. They, they should have leaned on him even more in this game oh, yeah. than they did. Because no Philip Rivers was not Philip Rivers was not on his A game. How about this? Four of their or each of their first six runs were for four yards or more. And that includes when they're like, you know, marching downfield at the beginning of the game. And then Rivers throws an interception, gets called back. What does he do? He throws an interception later on. They should have stuck with their ground game more. Yep. And they would have won this game against the Raiders. And they didn't do it. So maybe this whole change of coordinators isn't all about just making Melvin Gordon great. They're trying to get Phillip Rivers going, too. We'll talk about Rivers in a minute, though. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so Gordon ends up with 22 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because that still is a concern. I mean, the Raiders, it's a big one. The Raiders have, a, have a good run defense. They've had a good run defense this year. And they were there to make the plays – but Gordon was so good. I mean, it was such an unusual game because he really, like an ordinary running back may have had a dreadful game against the Raiders. It wasn't like he kept getting to the second level before being contacted. He was spinning away from players, breaking tackles. He was outstanding. But the offensive line was terrible. The Raiders, if you missed the game, the Raiders basically rushed four the entire night and they kept getting to Philip Rivers. They got there they all kept, game And thank long. goodness Melvin Gordon was able to slip tackles. It's the only reason why he had a good game. So, 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 so I'm still concerned about their offensive line and what that means for him. 
but so many carries. It's two straight games of 20 carries now. That's good. And I think, you know, you certainly have to buy in as a must-start guy at this point. Eckler, on the other hand, it's now, I think, five, I think five, five running backs have caught a touchdown against the Raiders in their last four games. So he got saved by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're terrible. But they can't defend anyone Eckler in the for. passing game. Yeah, but but yeah. I, I think I'm nervous to start him. I'm surprised he was started in 82% of leagues. And he still didn't mm. have that good of a game. He had 11 PPR fantasy points. He's being phased out, Dave. And, you know, there's not enough of a... He, he might have an eight-catch game here or there, but it's so hard to predict. And he got lucky, you know, with that touchdown catch. So... Are you are you confident starting Eckler going forward? Are you nervous? Are you sitting him? Eckler. It's it's a week to week thing with Eckler. Next week they take on the Chiefs. It's a game where they're gonna have to throw the football. So I imagine his target share will rise in that game, or at least his targets just in general. I don't know if the share will because you know all their targets are gonna go up in that one. Uh, but if if they come out of this loss thinking, well, we better run the ball a little bit more, that'll mean more carries for Austin Eckler too because they can't give Melvin Gordon well. I, Maybe they could they give, him give him 25 20. to 30 that's, carries. That's the formula Maybe the Chiefs. Right, yeah. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe, And if they're not going to resign him, what do they care? They're just going to run him in the ground and try and win some games. Right. So I, I'm not ready. I think Eckler is toward the end of the number two running back range. All right. Anything else from this game? Keenan Allen, solid in PPR. He had 18 rushing yards. He had eight catches, 68 yards, but not great. That's six straight games with less than 70 yards and no touchdowns. Mike Williams had one big play, but two catches for 55 yards on three targets. Uh, yeah, Hunter the, that Henry's target share is really disappointing. Uh, Hunter Henry's a stud, but Phillip Rivers let us down. He just had a bad game. I mean, there's really no way to say it. He had a bad game, and Josh Jacobs scored that touchdown. The two guys I needed the most were Jacobs and Rivers. Jacobs scored that touchdown, and then I tweeted, needed that. If Phillip Rivers scores a touchdown, <laughs> I will sing and dance on the show tomorrow. And all of you are very lucky because he threw an interception. Now I don't have to sing and dance, and you're all spared. Uh, but he, what would have been the song? Points. What would have been the song? Uh, I was thinking of writing a parody to River of Dreams. I think that could have worked. Rivers of Dreams, something like that. Oh, my but, God. You know, on a Thursday Thank night. Good. Thank yeah, you, right. Philip, for that interception. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I thought this was Rivers' worst game of the year. He was he was way off. And it's it's almost like... You watch him miss on so many throws, and you think to yourself, is this him falling apart? And then you go look at the game log, and you see his previous games, and he was doing fine. So I, I'm not ready to say that this is the beginning of the end of Phillip Rivers, and I don't ever really want to say that because I've enjoyed a longstanding... It's not really a friendship. I just think he's really good. It's a one-way friendship. Sorry, 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 sorry. I was just, you know... Lost my mind for a second. <laughs> Look, I <laughs> think Philip Rivers. Rivers. I was, yeah. Okay, fine. I have a crush on Philip Rivers. Yeah, as a football player, strictly as a football player, this was not him his usual game, and I'm going to watch him a little bit more carefully over the next couple of weeks. You're probably not going to feel great starting him against Kansas City in Week 11. Okay, so. I guess we'll talk about him on Tuesday and whether or not he's droppable. If we look at the Raiders. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering how many people watching the video, including the folks in our control room, who are wondering if if they thought I really just like died for a second in the <laughs> middle of talking about Philip Rivers. No, it was like just a wondering. fantasy swoon. Um, Derek Carr. It was, yes. Exactly Derek Carr uh, did not have a good fantasy game. 14 fantasy points, but he's got the Bengals and the Jets and the Chiefs and the tight. You know, so better matchups coming. It's up. actually a great schedule. Yep. If you've got a quarterback on bye week 11 or week 12. Uh, Carr's a contender for you. 
Josh Jacobs is amazing. Uh, a little bit involved in the passing game, but they came out in that four-minute drill on their game-winning drive, and they had Jalen Richard on the field, and Richard has now had two straight games with a pretty good amount of, of receiving yards. What, he had 43 in this game? He had 56 the week before. So mm-hmm. Jacobs is not an every-down player yet, but he did uh, finish off with that touchdown, which was nice. Um, and then Tyrell Williams. Let's talk about Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro, I guess. Renfro is emerging a little bit, maybe taking some yes, work he is. away from, from Darren Waller. Yes, he is. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say he was taking away work from everybody, but yep. there's a definite correlation. You look at Waller's last three games. He was saved by a touchdown against Houston, and then against Detroit, you'd think he'd go off. He only had two targets in that game. He only had five targets on Thursday against the against the Chargers, whereas Renfro now has is up to 16 targets in his last three games. And he's caught 14 of them. And he's he's he was a coming out, he was a very solid slot receiver. Good route runner, good hands, a little undersized and not very fast. And he's just finding ways to get open in for for the Raiders. He's he is a piece of their offense moving forward and a decent floor PPR receiver for the rest of this year for fantasy. How do you feel about Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller? All right, let's start with Tyrell, who I just think he's pretty much a touchdown dependent slash big play dependent receiver and not a genuine number one guy. He could get going in the next couple of weeks because you you mentioned what the schedule is coming up for Oakland. And if we like Derek Carr, his number one receiver is still Tyrell. And I think he could have a chance. You can go with him as a flex. Um, Waller, I think you're still going to trot out there as a, as a startable tight end. You can consider some other options and maybe carry a second tight end. If you think the Waller train is starting to slow down and if you can't trust, you know, if you can't trust them and some of these matchups coming up, you think would be ones that are going to be good for Josh Jacobs because they're going to, the Raiders could have a lead in a lot of these games that would obviously continue to hurt the target share for one D Waller. Okay. That is the Raiders with a two point win and in playoff contention over the chargers and uh, no Oakland player had more than five targets in this game. So it wasn't. It wasn't. They did not get. It was good for the it was running a tough backs. matchup. It was a tough matchup for sure. All right, a few things to promote real quick. Ask FFT is our hashtag. Hashtag Ask FFT. You can use that this weekend. We'll answer your questions, and uh, I'll be doing that on Saturday. Dave will be doing that on Sunday. The other guys will be doing it throughout the weekend as well. Ask FFT. Hashtag Ask FFT on Twitter. We got the Saturday night radio show. Dave, are you excited? Yeah. Saturday night. Of course, I love it. This is what we do for two hours live on the air. Helping people, you guys call in and we give you the fantasy advice that you ask for. It could be any question. Sometimes people call in. Adam, you know this. They do an inside joke on the show. Um, It's great. We have a really good time. It's on Saturday night. So in between your big time partying, you know, you Mm -hmm. go to a kegger and then you go to a nightclub and then you go to a (laughs) rave or whatever you guys are doing. I like to stay home and knit usually on a Saturday night. But this Saturday night, I'll be knitting while on the air with you guys. Give us a call. We'll answer your questions and we'll talk for a few minutes. It's It'll be 10 fun. p.m. Yeah, 10 p.m. and midnight Eastern. It's on CBS. Did Sports you get Radio. my sweater that I made for you? By the way, yes, I. It's actually It's terrible. You are awful at knitting. And by the way, I'm not on the show with you tomorrow, Dave. I'm sorry. It's you and Heath. I'm taking the night off. Okay, everybody. I'm making uh, him a nice scarf for coming in. <laughs> oh, it's getting freaking cold up here. By the way, uh, I got to tell you about about someone named Gretchen Hebner. Gretchen Hebner is the Codable co-founder, and hiring can be a challenge, as Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it would not be easy to find someone 
uh, to grow with her team, and that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. And Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Makes this process really simple. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, everybody. You need to hire somebody, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, a lot to get to, Dave. Some stats to know for these six games. Marvin Jones is going to be a tough call for people. Uh, He is facing the Bears. They give up the sixth fewest, fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. He's had three monster games this year. All of them good matchups. Uh, So this is a bad matchup. How do you feel about Marvin Jones? I think you still start him just based on the idea that the lions are going to throw a lot and you're hoping that he can come down with some good volume. I did like him a little bit better when I thought TJ Hawkinson wasn't going to play. And now that Hawkinson looks like he's going to be back in the mix. That's just a few more targets that could go away from Marvin Jones, but he's a candidate for as many as seven targets in a game and always a chance that he scores. The Lions have allowed 15 or more PPR, non-PPR, non-PPR fantasy points in seven of eight games. I mentioned that. Arizona and Tampa Bay are playing this week, and uh, they give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They are one and two in that department. You know, I haven't given a bonanza uh, in a few weeks. It's coming back. It's coming back today. This is a bonanza. You said you day. were retiring the bonanza. Well, they, Jamie I didn't want me to. Do it anymore. Well, <laughs> I, well, today is going to be a fun day. A lot of shootouts. Uh, A running back, let's talk about Ronald Jones real quick. A running back has rushed for 72 or more yards in seven straight games against the Cardinals. Six of those seven running backs who have done that, 72 or more rushing yards, average 4.6 yards per carry or better. We're talking McCaffrey, Carson, Mixon, Freeman. Those guys stink. Mixon and Freeman, anyway. Barkley, (laughs) Latavius Murray, Breida. Um, They all had 15 or more carries. But that's a nice floor, 72 or more yards in seven straight games. Yep. And that's where I ranked him. That's where I ranked him. I ranked him on that being his floor. I don't okay. want to be on the record saying Ronald Jones is going to score and get 120 total yards. I just, I'm not ready to go there yet with him. He's just outside my top 24 at running back. All right. And for you Devontae Freeman owners, this won't come as a surprise, but on a per game basis, he's the number 31 running back in non-PPR. Number 19. In PPR, he's on pace for 70 catches and 80 targets this year. Facing the Saints, they give up the sixth fewest receiving yards per game. They have not given up a receiving touchdown, but five running backs have had four or more catches against New Orleans. And by the way, with Sheldon Rankins, one running back in five games has rushed for more than 35 yards. Yikes. Against the Saints. He is a difference maker. Dave, there's something I, I kept meaning to mention. On Sunday show, Monday, Tuesday, I never mentioned it. Chris Carson. I'll, I'll work on. I'll work on my breath. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chris Carson fumbled twice in week nine. Oh, that. Yeah. Of course, that's what you were talking about. I, I felt like that needed to be mentioned. Should we stash yeah. Rashad Petty? This is a problem here. Yeah, you you could you could. 
Um, it's a, it's definitely a problem. I don't know if it means that this is, you know, he's done it. How many fumbles does he have this year now? Five, six? He's, I think he's six. Putting the ball all over the place. If he was in New England, he'd be on the practice squad by now. Right, right. But but I think the Seahawks still really like his style and they really trust him and they want to keep him uh, on the field. And I don't know how much they're ready to trust Rashad Penny. Sure, you can you can add Penny to the list of stash running backs just in case Carson does lay it down again and Pete Carroll just says enough. But he says it in a really nice way because that's Pete Carroll. I think he has five fumbles. But no, I because I could have. I don't know if he's lost all five of them. No, he's lost. He's lost four out of five. Okay. Okay. Well, four out of five is pretty bad. Here are your news and notes. James Conner not expected to play, according to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Where's Jalen Samuels for you? Top twenty-four running back in non-PPR, closer to top fifteen to twelve in full PPR. It is a tougher matchup for him this week against the Rams. Yeah. How about Samuels versus uh, Ronald Jones? Yeah, PPR, it's easy to go with Samuels. And I've got Samuels just ahead of him in non-PPR. Okay. Patrick Mahomes practice in full. We expect him to play. A.J. Green had a setback and is out indefinitely. Drop or hold A.J. Green? I I can't tell people to hold on to him with confidence that he's going to come back and be a great receiver. And maybe the reason why he's having a setback is because he's realizing what we've been talking about on this podcast this week he doesn't want to come back and play with this crummy Bengals team that's going nowhere fast. I'm I, I'm I'm afraid that if you spent a draft pick on AJ Green, it's going to be a, a zero for you. So if you want to let him go, you know that somebody else is going to pick him up as soon as you drop him. But if you don't have the confidence to ever start him, then you just say no and you dump him and you uh, you move in a different direction. Hey, by the way, join our FanDuel contest, fanduel.com slash league slash FFT. Auden Tate is 44%. Don't use AJ Green in the uh, the FanDuel contest. Auden Tate's 44% owned. He has had 65 or more yards in three straight games. He is among the NFL leaders in red zone targets and targets inside the 10 yard line. Any interest in picking up Auden Tate? You could do worse if you're streaming wide receivers or if you're replacing receivers that are on by. You could do worse than Auden Tate this week. Bad matchup. There's no doubt about it. But the rookie quarterback is starting for Cincinnati. He's going to need as many big wide targets that he can find. Hopefully Auden Tate can hang on to three or four passes this week. Maybe, maybe get you to 10 PPR points. Okay. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was limited in practice. You know, they still sound optimistic, but maybe be realistic here. And again, Bilal Powell, not a bad guy to, to pick up. Amari Cooper has a bruised knee, but he is expected to play. Michael Gallup also expected to play with a knee issue. Matt Ryan is questionable, but we're right now ranking him, expecting Matt Ryan. Baker Mayfield yep. says he wants to force feed Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, uh, boy. Let's see. I mean, it, sometimes this works. Why, why would you announce that? Before a football game, it was very you're giving away the too. game plan. Yeah, yes. it was like uh, in I the early going throwing the game. every pass to Odell Beckham. Please don't play this in Buffalo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, here's what Brandon Cooks had to say. He says he's looking forward to getting back. He posted on Instagram. He said, "Can't wait to get back on the field this year." Like my good old pal SpongeBob SquarePants says, "I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready." <laughs> You do a SpongeBob, don't you? Mm, I don't think I can do SpongeBob. Okay. I thought you did. I think you just did, though. 
Yeah, it was not good. Sean Payton said the Saints are going to be smart about Alvin Kamara's workload in his first game back. We'll get to that game. Uh, Washington left tackle Trent Williams is out for the season. Adrian Peterson may still start, even with Darius Geis back, according to ESPN. Oh, it just makes the whole Geis thing even uglier. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the rest of the season. I just when, don't know. How, many, how many good fantasy games could Darius Geis have over the, rest, over the course of the season? Uh, he's you got, know he's, he's going to split. Great matchups. Other Fine. than the Eagles in week 15, he's got nothing but fa- Well, I don't know about the Jets. It's uh, jury's out on them. But Detroit, Carolina, Green Bay, Eagles, Giants. Those are his last five games, not including week 17. So they have so to turn how the many of those games him. is he going to have 15 touches in? I don't know, but it's worth speculating. It's just you not going to be. Put him in on week your bench. 10, I just I don't see him being a league league winner. Playoff yeah. game savior. I just don't know if he can do that. It's yeah, okay to sure. have him on your bench. Why not? But I don't think I don't think you should have these grandiose expectations for for Darius Geis to be a stud. All right, here we go. George Kittle missed practice. He is not a certainty to play, and he's got the Seahawks uh, on uh, Monday yeah. night. I've got Kittle in four of my leagues, uh, if not more than four. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I made sure to pick a tight end off waivers in every single one of those leagues, just in case. We'll see what happens. Yeah, hopefully we know, because I don't think you can really start Garoppolo if Kittle's out, right? Yeah, that makes it much harder to start Jimmy G without him there. Their kicker, Robbie Gold, is not going to play this week. Corey Davis missed practice. Chris Herndon's questionable. Do you think Herndon plays against the Giants? Uh, Not a lot. If he does play, you know, he was active because they ran out of inactive spots last week. Uh, I think if he plays, he'll be very limited. I still like Ryan Griffin better. Eric Ebron wants a bigger role. He discussed his role with Frank Reich. So we'll see what happens against the Dolphins. Jacoby when I wanted limited. a bigger role, when I wanted a bigger role, the waitress looked at me and said, sorry, these are the size of the roles that we have. This is it. Yeah, nah, you will never find me getting a role. Like it is, oh, I, If I get a sandwich, it is coming on a hero or a hoagie, whatever the hell you want to call it. A role does not fill me up. No chance. What about Texas Toast? What's that? You know, like big, oversized pieces of bread. Usually that's they're not a all garlic and buttered up. Yeah, no, it's not a roll. But I'm saying, would you have a sandwich on Texas oh, toast? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Okay, but most fine. restaurants yeah, don't offer Texas toast. What about a, a pre-dinner roll? You know, like they serve the basket of rolls uh, before Yeah, dinner. I'll have that. But I put a sandwich on that. Jacoby Brissett was limited in practice. Do you think he plays? Uh, it's looking like he's going to play, which is uh, good for the Colts, bad for Brian Hoyer. Good for Zach Pascal. Yes. Adam Thielen, not expected to play. Des Bryant wants to make a comeback. Awesome. And Carolina could be without <laughs> cornerback James Bradbury. Let's That's a the big one runner. for it Carolina, is. by the way. Big yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. That's Devontae Adams would certainly benefit. Aaron Rodgers would benefit. Dave's a little low on Aaron Rodgers, BT dubs. That means, by the way, uh, he's got him like 12th. Day, Jamie and Heath have Aaron Rodgers fourth. All right. Beat the waiver wire. We got the Giants, the Packers, the Titans, and the Seahawks on by next week. I like D.D. Westbrook, 57% owned. And Good Nick, call. Nick Foles, thank you to someone on Twitter for pointing out that I forgot to mention Nick Foles in the good schedules. But he finishes with, like the next two weeks might not be great at Indianapolis, at Tennessee. But Tennessee, or Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Falcons. Three of his last four games are against maybe the three worst teams against quarterbacks. Tampa, no, no, uh, three of the worst, though. Tampa Bay, Oakland, and Atlanta. So Jaguars passing game could be better down the stretch. 
Yep. Dave, I got I got a list here of guys. Um, I don't know if you want to hop in, or I can read the list. Up to you. What do you the waiver, sure the read, read the list? Okay, read the go. list, and then I'll uh, I'll tell you who stands out. J.D. McKissick, Darius Geis, Chris Thompson at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Foles. McKissick is the one. If I if I had to pick one, obviously if I need one to start this week, it's going to be McKissick because the other guys are on by. Um, and Geis is certainly worth stashing. McKissick is worth worth going with on a roster spot just to see what happens. And if you're desperate in a PPR league, you can use him there too. Sam Darnold, Nick Foles. Nick Foles is at Indianapolis. It's not a great week, I think, for quarterback streamers. And Darnold no. has the Redskins. Um, yep. Tight end, Jared Cook at Tampa Bay. Gerald Everett against the Bears. You know, th- those guys deserve to be owned, I think. You could... I think streamers should go get Jared Cook right now. Use Cook this week. Use Cook next week because those matchups are going to be good for him. Um, The one problem is that the the Saints passing game is getting healthy. Traquan Smith is expected back. Uh, Ted Ginn's going to be a factor. Alvin Kamara is back. So all of a sudden they're at full strength. So it might make Cook a touchdown or bust tight end, which is what he's basically been anyway this season. But at least the matchups are nice. I forgot about Kalen Balaj against Buffalo. Buffalo's been struggling against the run. Balaj is 56% owned, so maybe he could be okay for you next week if you're missing one Maybe he backs. could be okay. So you could stash him this week and just see how he looks and then decide on whether or not he could be an option for you. A good bye week replacement running back next week. Yep. If anybody drops the Steelers DST for their matchup this week, you can pick them up. Their schedule is about to get awesome. And then I've got Ted Ginn. Well, in terms of ownership percentage, it would be like, Christian Kirk's the most owned. He's at San Francisco. Uh, Auden Tate, Philip Dorsett, Alex Erickson, Ted Ginn. These guys have good matchups. Tate and Erickson are at Oakland. Philip Dorsett's at Philadelphia. Ted Ginn is at Tampa Bay. I'm starting Ted Ginn, I think, in two leagues this week, which definitely makes me nervous. But You're hoping for one big play, one shining right. moment. That's all right. That's exactly right. All right, start, sit, or flex it best. Latavius Murray against the Falcons. I'm going to play it safe and say flex at best on Tay Train. Uh, Ted Ginn against the Falcons. Same. Uh, he Actually, he's probably closer to bi-week replacement. Aaron Rodgers against Carolina. You're going to start Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but what's up with you, 12th? 11th. And it's going to go up if James Bradbury ends up not playing. But the pass rush for Carolina is serious. The offensive line for the Packers was not good last week. It's 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 an easier spot if Bradbury is not there because that means basically it just means that the Panthers defense can't be as aggressive as they normally are without giving up something even bigger in the secondary. And you don't want to do that against Aaron Rodgers. All right. Start, sit or flex at best. Jamal Williams in that game against Carolina. I think he's a start. I think he's a low end number two running back because of how bad the Panthers have been against the run. Yeah, but he's not really. He's got ten or fewer touches in three straight games. I, I get 50, it. I get 50 it. Fewer yard, I, fifty or fewer yards, total yards. I could see the Packers really leaning on both those guys again this week, Jones and Williams. Kenyon Drake at Tampa Bay. I guess he's a flex at best. Okay, behind Jamal Williams. Yes. Ronald Jones against Arizona. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him a flex. I know that Jamie and Heath would say start him. They like him as a number two running back. I don't want to be sold on him just yet because we've seen him get opportunities before, and then the next game, he doesn't get the same type of workload. It's much easier to call Ronald Jones a, a number two running back in non-PPR, for sure. 
Yeah, I think he's maxed out at two catches in a game this year. How about Michael Gallup against the Vikings? You're going to start him. You're going to start him. And uh, if he plays without Amari Cooper on on, on his side of the yeah. field, then he's he could end up getting double-digit targets, and that's always a very good but thing. But I, so I don't know that you have I to I think start he qualifies him. as a number two receiver. He's I know really you don't tra- have to start him, but I think down. he's... He's three straight it. games, and he's really been uninvolved. He had a but great if, acrobatic touchdown against the Giants, and now he's facing the It Vikings. was outstanding. Vi- I mean, the Vikings have Ad- been very good against wide receivers. It's not a bad matchup. Sure, but, but you, right, you said um, it. He hasn't had the same type of opportunities. Well, if Amari Cooper's not there, what do you think is going to happen? No, he's You're going to load up on Randall Cobb? Come on, they're going to throw no, to Gallup. I'm not talking about Amari Cooper's expected to play. I'm talking about Gallup with Cooper in. Uh, Jason. Then Witten. he's closer to a low-end number two receiver. Yeah, but it's still Jason. a start. Jason Witten. Uh, streamer at best. Okay. PPR right. streamer at best. Let's get into six games here after I tell you about Lightstream. Most people carry a balance on their credit cards, and the APR on those is over 20% on average. It's crippling. I've seen people really struggle with credit card debt, and we, want, we don't want that for you. We want you to use Lightstream, okay? Go to lightstream.com slash FFT and get a really good rate. You can take control of your bills with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Get peace of mind knowing you're saving money with an interest rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. So you're talking instead of 20% or higher, 5.95% APR with auto pay on Lightstream. Lightstream believes you deserve a fair, fast, and easy way to pay off your credit card balances. You can get a fixed rate loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and you're going to pay far less in interest and nothing in fees, and you can get that money in your account as soon as the day you apply, and they make it very, very easy to apply. Uh, Lightstream has a track record of customer service that you can trust, so if you need this help, please take advantage of a great offer. Our listeners can get a special interest rate discount when you apply now at lightstream.com slash FFT. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash FFT. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. I didn't even know which game to start with, Dave. I think Minnesota-Dallas is a good one to start with. I Let's do, do wanna, it. Yeah, because, you know, there's some tough calls here. Like the running backs. Start Zeke and Cook. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, even, I don't know. Yeah, yeah start them. Uh, we'll have I to really break that down. Mention one thing real quick. You know, some of you play in four point per passing touchdown leagues. Some six, some five, some fifteen point per passing. What does a twenty point game mean? <laughs> what are we looking for? We always talk about six point per passing touchdown leagues. So just looking at weeks four through nine, when the bye weeks began, what did the number twelve quarterback score in six point per passing touchdown leagues? And here's what that number hmm. quarter number twelve quarterback scored. 20, 20, 21, 22, 22, 22. So you want a quarterback that's scoring at least 20, hopefully 22 or more fantasy points for you to have a top 12 quarterback during bye weeks. All right. And that would be like 250 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Yeah, basically. That would be actually, that would be one turnover. No, that'd be 22. Yeah. No, 250 yards is 10 points. Yeah. Two touchdowns is 12 points. 22. 22. No turnovers. There you go. You need the turnover if you want 20, but we want 22. Exactly. So Minnesota at Dallas. Dallas has not allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver at home this season. And Stefan Diggs has one target inside the 10-yard line. He has four touchdowns this year. Three of them came against Philadelphia. Do you have any hesitation to start Stefan Diggs? 
Of course. And I can't call him a number one receiver, but I do figure that, and this is a double-edged sword. I, I do figure he's going to get a lot of targets as the number one guy for Minnesota, but I also know that the Cowboys are going to work like heck on passing downs to double-team him and keep him under wraps, and that'll make things hard on Kirk Cousins. To call him a sit is is really tough to do. You've got to have confidence in a lot of other receivers to go with that, but I don't have him in my top 12. I've got him just outside, and that's in PPR. Um, but it's yeah. it, it could be a tough game for people who go with Stephon Diggs if you don't have an option that you like going with Devonte Parker over Stefan Diggs might take some guts. Same thing with yeah. Zach Pascal. And one of the reasons why, and, and this is a credit to Stefan Diggs is that he is capable of making some big plays. And so just because it's third down, and he's double team doesn't mean that he can't make a big play on a first and 10 or something like that. And I also think Minnesota is going to trail. And I also think Dallas is really going to hone in on Dalvin cook and try and keep him from beating them. So play action could work out and help Stefan Diggs a little bit. Bottom line is that he's a number two receiver and uh, one that you're not going to have as much confidence in as you might normally. It's funny because I bring that up and it's not a great matchup for him, but we know what he's capable of. And I imagine Stefan Diggs' start percentage is going to be in the 90s. So uh, stardom. And Kirk Cousins, you guys have as a sit. Jamie's got Jamie's the highest on Cousins. He has him 18th. So even though he's playing great, I, I'm just so interested in this game. You know, both of these quarterbacks have really beaten up on easy matchups, and we'll see what this game brings. But Cousins is a sit. He's bad in this type of spot, and the Cowboys, uh, they give up the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Right. Only one quarterback has exceeded. Right. That's true, but only one guy has exceeded 20 fantasy points against them this year, and I, I can't trust Cousins in this spot. Yeah, that was Sam Darnold, and he had that big play to Robbie Anderson. All right, Dalvin Cook also does not have a great matchup. The Cowboys give up 4.2 yards per carry. Uh, they gave up that huge game to Aaron Jones, but you know mostly they've been pretty good. Uh, but obviously you're starting Cook. He's so involved in the passing game. If you're thinking about starting Alexander Madison, know this. He has five... Know this. He has five know games this. <laughs> with 49 to 63 rushing yards. In all five of those games... They won by 10 or more points. In four of those five games, they won by 16 or more points. So probably not a good Yeah, it doesn't sound Madison. like a good week to go with Madison. And nobody so really does, but wait. six teams on by, I figure some people might be like, well, I'll take those 50 yards. I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, any interest in BC Johnson? 5% owned. A- another one of those desperate wide receiver plays because I think his playing time is going to be there. He's typically been the guy that replaces Adam Thielen. Could be good for eight PPR points, a four for 40 type game. I don't see him breaking out and having a huge one. Cowboys have been a little bit inconsistent against tight ends. The Vikings have been very good against tight ends since like week two when they struggled. They struggle against Hooper and Waller to start the year. I mean, against who and Waller? Hooper. Oh, wait, I have, a drop. I have a drop for that. If you'd like it, I can find it. He, they struggled against. I'll find it eventually. Hey, oh, this is there great. There you go, Hooper. There. <laughs> that was so worth it. So, which tight end? Fred Norris favorite, is shaking his head. Who's your favorite tight end in this game? My favorite tight end in this game is probably Jason Witten, although you can certainly make the case for Rudolph. The score, he's touchdown dependent. And Irv Smith could end up getting, he got more playing time the last time Adam Thielen was out. And he could end up being a guy that Kirk Cousins checks down to a lot in this game. Not a bad tight end if you're really stuck and you need seven, eight, nine PPR points. 
So still not a great, not a great, we don't love them that much. You have Rudolph 14th. Where do you have Witten? Witten, you, okay. So you have them 14th to 19th, those three tight ends. Try to get away from them if you can. You can look at Jared Cook, hopefully. You can look at Mike Kosicki. Yeah. Um, I actually have Irv Jack at Doyle. the top of the list in PPR. Okay. All right. So moving on Irv. to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is top eight. Minnesota gives up the 11th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. They, and that's assuming that Amari Cooper plays. Right. They um they have given up more than 23, 22 points only once, I think. It was Stafford. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, are you confident in Prescott? Like, Prescott over Rodgers is pretty yeah, bold. Yeah, uh, I am. I think I think the, the biggest strength of this Vikings defense is actually their pass rush. And, and their run defense, but that really doesn't impact Dak. But even with a good pass rush, I buy into the Cowboys' offensive line being a huge factor here. It gives Dak time to throw. He'll have his full complement of weapons. And I think he can find some pretty good numbers this week. Okay, start Zeke, start Cooper, and then Gallup, you know, Gallup or Ronald Jones. I'll take Gallup. Okay. Vikings allow the 12th most fantasy points to wide That was receivers. a weird hesitation. Yeah, I... Uh, you, you like... You, you're feeling well, Ronald Jones this week. I'm nervous about Gallup. I mean, look, the Vikings have now allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to 11 wide receivers in nine games. They have not been good against receivers. It's usually like one guy, though. There's only been two games where multiple wide receivers have done well. Ridley and Calvin Jones, or <laughs> Ridley and Julio Jones, and Marvin Jones and Danny Calvin Amendola. Jones. Yeah, Calvin Jones. Uh, okay. Fine. It's cool. It's cool. And if you start that guy, it. you get credit for Julio and Calvin's numbers. Calvin, Calvin Jones. That's the that's, cool kind of fantasy league. Or Julio Ridley. Be, I wonder if he's the number one receiver in fantasy. Let's. He's got to be right. Calvin Jones plus Julio. Jo- Calvin Ridley plus Julio Jones. Is that equal? Well, Michael Thomas. Chris. Chris Evans is probably the number one oh, yeah. receiver Let's in fantasy. See. If we're going to do that, Dallas DST. You have them fourth. Jamie has them fourth. Heath eleventh. Minnesota's DST top twelve for everybody. Uh, I could understand getting away from the Minnesota DST because the Cowboys just don't give up fantasy points to DST. Yeah. I, I would rather go with a streamer there um, for for the Minnesota defense. I'm just looking at their schedule. They've got Denver next week, so you can't let go of them. You'd have to go with two DSTs. So if, you don't, if you're not into that, then you just you take your lumps with the Vikings defense. Maybe you hope that they get a turnover or two, uh, a couple of sacks on top of that, and then you, you ride them against Denver in week 11. I am pretty sure I'm going to be dropping the Patriots DST this week. Whoa. I know. Somebody, somebody tweeted me, me saying... That they traded away the Patriots DST for Keenan Allen. Their schedule just sucks until the fantasy playoffs. I think they can be pretty good against Philadelphia. But then it's like Houston and Kansas City. There's one other bad match. Dallas. Dallas. It's Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, and then Cincinnati and Buffalo. Again, I said they're going to rock a couple of those On the Wednesday show, though, they've had two games against good offenses. Two. The Ravens and the Steelers with Roethlisberger. They weren't good in either one. They were if you drop them, in one you're week. not getting them back. I don't. You know you're what? That's fine. I think I have to drop them because I'm either going to have to drop them or Evan Ingram. I don't want to do it, but I think I have. Really, to drop. those are your only options. What What's the situation yeah. exactly? You need a tight end. 
I need a tight. I need a tight end and a DST. So no, 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 no. I picked up Jared Cook. So I need a DST. So here's my. I have to either drop the Patriots. I could drop JD McKissick. I could drop JD McKissick in a non PPR league. I, I can't believe you. Okay, I'll like drop you're McKissick. you're making this so dramatic. It's either got to be the Patriots DSD or Evan Ingram. How can I drop one of these two babies? And you've got JD McKissick because on JD your McKissick team. Could, and you're could really get thinking about this. JD well, McKissick might touch the ball I don't, eight it, nine do, times. I don't know when I want to start the Patriots DSD. I, people are going to hate me for this, but I just don't know how good they're going to be. They have had I the easiest no, layup of the schedule. For this. I agree. Like I, I just but, I have I have Ingram, Will Fuller, and T. Y. Hilton on my bench. It's just like I mean I can't drop. But knowing those guys. the Patriots, knowing the Patriots, Carson yeah, Wentz is going to somehow really miss the game. Deshaun Watson's <laughs> going to slip on a bar of soap, and he's going to be out for three weeks. And so they're going to beat up on Brandon Whedon or whoever the backup is in Houston these days. And they'll they'll just you know finagle their way. To, they'll luck their way into an amazing. Like here's my fear, right? Is that. I'm going to end up starting the Patriots DST every week, but every week there's going to be one or two streamers that have great matchups that I like even more. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, it's not like they're going to be bad. It's that I feel like I might be able to actually do better, but we shall see. Detroit is at Chicago, Dave. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One thing, and this is a challenge for you to do either for the Saturday mailbag show or the Saturday night radio show. Can you come up with a streaming alternative to the Patriots DST? You can't do it now because I'm not expecting you to. But to start looking at a, a plan to put out there for our audience that has the Patriots DST and they don't want to use them because they're like you and like me too, they see the tough schedule ahead. But you can come up with two or three teams that you can say, okay, you're going to get this DST right now, drop the Patriots, and then here's the timing of when you're going to jump off that DST and go to the next DST. Here's can you the do one, that? Here's the one that comes to mind, and they are highly owned. But again, they might get dropped this week, and it's the Steelers. They're 86% owned. So it's, <laughs> it's tough, but they're facing the Rams. After that, the teams they face are 28th, 27th, 28th, 12th, 24th, 32nd in fantasy points allowed to DSTs. All right, let's move on. Detroit's at Chicago. That's interesting. Here. So that, that could be a simple solution right there is you just go get the yeah, Steelers but and they're, they're you ride them out. But you have to hope hope they somehow are. Available. You could trade for them. No one's going to give could. ask for much in trade for this. You could you, do you that. could offer the Patriots. D- How about this? The Patriots DST yes. for the Steelers DST that. and something else. Let's do that. I'm going to do that. Yes, I love it. All right, Detroit and Chicago. Finally, we're getting to this game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, eleventh for Jamie, seventh for Dave, seventh for Heath. Twenty-eight or more fantasy points in four of his last five games. Only one tough matchup in those games. So the Bears, they've been very good against quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater is the only quarterback to score more than 14 fantasy points against the Bears. Haven't faced the toughest competition, but Rodgers, Rivers, bad games against Chicago. Why are you confident in Matthew Stafford? Because of how much they throw the ball, and I'm hoping that volume is his friend. Now, the Vegas line on this game also you know, sets off my spidey senses a little bit. You would think that the Lions would be favored because the Lions have had this high-powered offense, and they've been putting up points. They've had a lot of close games. And the Bears have been trash the past couple of weeks. Their offense has been bad. And yet the Bears are favorites in the game. So it leads me to think that somebody in Las Vegas thinks that the Bears are going to win. And they're trying to get you to bet on Detroit. And does that mean that Stafford's going to have a bad game for fantasy? No, of course not. He could still go out there and throw for 302 and the Lions can still lose. But it, it does make me wonder if, if smart people think that Stafford's going to have a tough game. 
I don't have him ranked as a top five quarterback this week, which is normally where he's been the last few weeks. But I still think he's going to attempt a heck of a lot of passes and have a chance to get you some good numbers. And if you've been starting him and you don't have a stud replacement, you stick with him. So you're starting him over Matt Ryan at the Saints over Aaron Rodgers against Carolina. That's how it is right now in the rankings. Rodgers is going to shoot up if there's no James Bradbury. And Ryan is is one of those. It's a tougher call for Ryan just because I'm not sure if he can just fall into huge production. It's almost the exact same thing for him as it is for Stafford. That's a team that can't run the ball. Their defense stinks. They're going to have to throw. Right. The Bears run defense has been pretty bad since the Hicks injury. Goldman banged up too. It's true. But do you trust they? Do you trust a uh, Detroit running back no, in this game? Because you don't know who it's going to be. It, you, okay. you can't say with any confidence that J.D. McKissick showed enough last week that he can go and handle 25 touches in the in the game, or even okay. 15. I, I'll settle for 12. I don't know if he can get there. How would you rank McKissick and um, Ty Johnson compared to like Kareem Hunt? Uh, I'll take McKissick one spot ahead of Hunt in non-PPR, and McKissick is several spots higher than Kareem in full PPR. Okay. So we're getting no Ty Johnson, right? He's no, he stinks. You can't trust him. Okay. Can't trust him. Kenny Galladay a must start. Yeah. Okay. Listen, he's their best receiver. He's going to be a tough cover for the Bears. And you said Marvin jo- Marvin Jones or Michael Gallup? Uh, let me check where I have him. I've got Gallup. Uh, I have Gallup ahead of Marvin Jones in my PPR rankings, which means I would have him ahead of him. In non-PPR as well. The Bears really have been very good against wide receivers. Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, Adam Thielen, Alshon Jeffrey, less than 40 yards and, a t- and no touchdowns. Some wide receivers have had big games. McLaurin, Paul Richardson, Emmanuel Sanders, Diggs, Michael Thomas, big, big games. But, you know, they fourth fewest fantasy points. Um, but Kenny Galladay has had some tough matchups this year, and he's mostly crushed them. So I just don't think you hesitate there. TJ Hawkinson, how would he compare to, say, Jason Witten or Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, TJ Hawkinson? He's basically behind them because he's proven to be a touchdown or bust tight end who can't hang on to touchdowns. And it's pathetic, not just the fact that he's, you know, having these touchdown opportunities, dropping them. He's running lots of routes. He's playing a lot. And he's just not coming up with the types of numbers that we as fantasy managers can trust. Okay. And he does have a good matchup, though. The Bears... Give up the six most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, sit him. David Montgomery, start him. But you guys are not super, super high on him. He's about 18th in the rankings. So, like, who would you start over David Montgomery? I'll start with Singletary? Devin Singletary. Okay. I think I think he's an easy one to start with. I think, I think Singletary has a better chance to score because he does more out of the passing game. And I think the Bills are going to try and and use Devin Singletary both as a runner and as a pass catcher. Uh, I don't think there's any other names that would be very surprising here. Right. Uh, Mark right. Ingram, Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson, Le'Veon, David Johnson. Maybe that would surprise some people. How I, about... I, th- I think Montgomery is a very startable running back this week. I just right. don't have... I don't think he's got the same type of upside, even in this matchup, as some of those other running backs. Okay, I... I mean, I, I hope he does. I think they could run the ball. They're going to have to run the ball a lot, and you, you can run on Detroit, but... Uh, what about Jalen Samuels or David Montgomery? Uh, I will take, I will take for sure Montgomery and non PPR. 
I believe I have Samuels ranked a smidge ahead of Montgomery in full PPR. What about Trey Edmonds? What about what Trey about Edmonds? He's what not about even Trey Edmonds? He's not? Okay, never no. mind then. Well, that's boy, that's great news then potentially for Jalen Samuels. My goodness. Uh, they've got Tony. I always mess up his last name. I don't know if it's... I think it's Tony Brooks James because if it was Tony James Brooks, I would make a <laughs> Simpsons comment. Right, um, right. But I, I think that that's going to end up being their number two running back this week because Connor doesn't look like he's ready to go. And I don't know if Edmonds is going to be ready to go. Dave, starter said Tariq Cohen. He's 70% owned. Said, he is, but he's facing can, a team. Give me, give me any stat you want. Go ahead. They allow the most receiving yards to running backs and four receiving touchdowns to running backs. It's Last week weakness. would have been a good week for the Bears to deploy Tariq Cohen, and they didn't do it. I don't trust their offense to change a lot right now. Five running backs have had 55 or more receiving yards against the Lions. A running back has got a touchdown against the Lions in three of their last four games. He's had good matchups before. He hasn't necessarily done anything with them, so uh, yep. it's tough to trust. Do you trust Allen Robinson, who has been kind of a dud the last two games? And Yes, he has been. Darius Slay makes a big difference for this defense. Really does. Uh, I still have him ranked high in PPR just because of that, the volume that we think he can still get. I've got him as a high number two wide receiver in that format. He's a little lower in non-PPR, but I still think he's startable. David Montgomery or Allen Robinson? Montgomery easy in non-PPR. I probably have Robinson ranked higher in full PPR. Detroit kid going up against his uh, his hometown oh. team. That, He's that, on pace that's for my Jamieism of the day. Ninety four catches, but a career low eleven point three yards per catch. And I can't imagine you're going to be too jazzed about Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller. Um, and then nope, not jazzed. Uh, Gabriel isn't bad in in Fanduel. He could be a sneaky Fanduel play. Chicago DST. Actually, you have the DSTs kind of switched from from Jamie and Heath. They like the Bears and don't like the Lions. You like yeah, the Lions don't, and don't like the Bears. I, the Bears' pass rush hasn't quite been getting home like we thought they would. And it's Stafford in this passing game that I still think is going to be um, a big part of what the Lions do. So I've, I've, I started the year with two DSTs mostly, Patriots and Bears. And I've dropped the Bears already because their schedule gets worse. Um, and, and they haven't been playing as well. Sure. Dave, I don't say this often, but look, look at my face. Look at this face. Look at this smooth, clean-shaven face. Yeah, Harry's razors. That's the reason why. Oh, yeah, yep. Harry's. Took the Harry's blade to the face last night. Nice, smooth, close, comfortable shave. The best shave I've gotten. It really is, and you don't have to pay a lot for it. Harry's prices are so good. And if you go to harrys.com slash FFT, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FFT, you will get a special offer that I'll tell you about in a second. But you should join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim that special trial offer at harrys.com slash FFT. It's the quality that matters. It's not all those gimmicks that you see on the other razors. It's close. It's a close, comfortable shave from a sharp, durable blade. That's what you get from Harry's. And they cut out the middleman. They've got their own factory, so you're getting your blades at just $2 per blade. It's just so affordable and such an upgrade on what you're using now. I highly recommend it. 1% of the sales for, to Harry's are donated to organizations that provide access to mental health care for men. So that's another added bonus. And if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know and you will get a full refund. 
which is not even that much money. So it's really such a little risk here. Give it a shot, people. Go to harrys.com slash FFT. Get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip. A five-blade razor with a lubricating, lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. It's all at harrys.com slash FFT. Start shaving better today. Dave's going to hop over to the audio studio. We'll be back in a few seconds. We got four games left. Let's go to San Francisco and Seattle. So only Teddy Bridgewater has scored. This is kind of a wacky stat. Only Teddy Bridgewater has scored 20 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues with less than 44 pass attempts or and without a rushing touchdown. So basically, if you don't throw the ball a ton or run for a touchdown, you haven't done well against the Seahawks. Now, Jimmy wow. Garoppolo usually doesn't do either of those things. I don't know if we've ever laid out a stat like that in the history of the show. <laughs> but this could be a high-scoring game. In fact... Could be one. Could be one. Uh, Wait a minute. I thought you already gave us one. Dave, I'm making up for lost time. We have multiple bonanzas this week. Whoa. I think this could be very high scoring, even though you're supposed to have two good defenses here. Starter sick Garoppolo. I've got him outside of my top 12 for now. I can be convinced that this could be a high scoring game because I buy into... Russell Wilson and, and that offense setting the tempo. And I'm, you know, I guess I just never learn. I'm still not sold on the 49ers pass defense being um, very, very good. I think Richard Sherman's very good, but the other side of it, I think will get tested. And I think the Seahawks are the type of team that can roll out uh, a very dangerous three receiver set now with Josh Gordon. Hold on. We, we're them, not there yet. Oh, uh, you're just talking points about on the board. Okay. You're talking about them chasing point or you know no, i'm talking about seattle using the pass to start putting points on the board and that'll force right, garoppolo, garoppolo in theory to start throwing more uh, it's hard to trust him if there's no george kittle sure. you got to keep an eye on that and uh i know that the 49ers would love to run the football i think the strength of the seattle defense is their run defense not that it's great but yeah. i think it's better than uh than its pass defense sure okay so most quarterbacks score between 19 and 24 fantasy points against Seattle. That's been the sweet spot. Uh, seven of nine quarterbacks have been there. Now, in terms of the running backs, everybody's going to start Chris Carson. I'm surprised he's not higher for you guys, quite frankly. He's not a top 10 running back, but he's a must-start guy. And San Francisco's run defense, it's it might not be good. I mean, they've been kind of shredded lately, and they just lost Quan Alexander for the year. So let's talk about Coleman and Breida, though. And who do you like better, or how much do you like them? I like Coleman better than Brita. I still have Coleman ranked pretty high. I still believe that he's got the the best high leverage touches in this 49ers backfield. And I still think that Brita is a, a running back where he needs big plays to help your fantasy squad. Okay. Yeah, and, and this is not a bad run defense. I mean, they've given up some fantasy points, but they've given up fantasy points to guys who've had a ton of carries. So and they give up they give up touchdowns and passing game production, but they do a pretty good job per carry. Uh this is the Seahawks. Um, all right, so Carson over Coleman, right? I have Colvin, Coleman over Carson. Why? Right now. Why? Because I'm I still buy into the 49ers front being tough. And but, the offensive line for Seattle, I've I still have question marks about them. But where like where is the evidence that they are getting just shredded by good running backs? They're giving up four point seven yards. The last, yeah. the last two or three games for them. 
So the last Obviously two or three games, Drake on Thursday, Adrian Peterson, game. four yards per carry. Um, well, Nick Chubb had 16 carries for 87 yards. McCaffrey, 14 carries, 117 yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, 15 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. They're giving up 4.7 yards per carry to running backs, and now they lost Quan Alexander, which was a big deal in week one when he got ejected against Tampa Bay and the Bucks started running the ball better. So, plus, like, Carson is going to get 20 carries. Is he? I think so. We, we already talked about his fumbling issue. Yeah, he had 16 carries last week. So, okay. I think Look, I agree he's a must-start guy. And maybe I'm being a little too aggressive moving him behind guys like Chubb and Kamara. But to me, here's how I have it ranked. Coleman, Chubb, Kamara, Carson. This is as of Friday morning. And there's a chance I don't change it from this. But the way I look at it, there, there will be a sharing element for all four of those guys. Three of them are playing at home. Three of them are playing against good to great matchups. And you're, you're laying out a case that the 49ers aren't a dangerous run defense anymore. I don't know if I'm ready to jump in with two feet on that. Okay. I'll, How- I'll take everybody I just named over Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Jalen Samuels, Todd Gurley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're, I guess, splitting hairs because people are going to start these guys. So how about uh, the wide receivers? Who do you like in this game? We've got Lockett as a must start. Yep. I, I think Sanders is a must start too. Okay. I think you just can't get away from from what you saw last week. And, and again, a, a team that probably would prefer to be balanced, if not run heavy in the 49ers, but they now have the element of passing, and I think they're going to need to use it in this game. And it's one of the reasons why I'm still, like, I, I, I'm probably maybe a little too low on Garoppolo, honestly, even if George Kittle plays. Are you going Tannehill uh, but, or Garoppolo, by the way? Who? Tannehill. Tannehill over Garoppolo for now. Okay. Okay. Look, Garoppolo does have good upside, and Sanders is part of the reason why. Russell Wilson, start him. Although Heath yeah. has him ninth, Jamie's sixth, you have him second. And Carson's a start. Kittle's a start. DK Metcalf. I, we're not going to be recommending Josh Gordon. Let's wait and see. But DK Metcalf, start or sit? There is a chance that Josh Gordon can take away two or three catches from DK Metcalf. But I, I, from what I've seen, the Seahawks love Metcalf. They're trusting him. They're putting him out there. I don't think he's making as many mistakes as he was earlier this year. I think you can buy into him as a number two fantasy receiver. Mm, interesting. Gallup or Dick or Gallup or um, I was going to say Ed Dixon because I think he's coming back this week, right, for Seattle? He is coming back, and uh, they do like him. Yeah. I've got Gallup ahead of Metcalf. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Gallup or Metcalf. Okay. I have Parker and Pascal ahead of Metcalf as well. Metcalf or, Jam- or Jamal Williams? I'll take Metcalf. Cool. So that's it for this game. DST. Yeah, I, I think I might want to get away from the from the 49ers. They're top 12, but 11th for Jamie, 10th for Dave, 7th for Heath. And who do they have next week? Let's take The a 49ers? Yeah. Arizona again. Okay. And then Green Bay, and then Baltimore, right. and then New Orleans. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think they this could be good against DSC Arizona. This is another that you can, can uh, punt on. Atlanta at New Orleans. Um. <laughs> What, what oh, Dave? my goodness. Yeah. Stat of the game. Is this the first ever triple bonanza in the history of fantasy football Maybe. today? Atlanta has allowed a combined four touchdowns to Darren Fells, Max Williams, and Gerald Everett in their last four games. But they did shut out the Seattle tight ends for what that's worth. 
But Jared Cook is a solid streamer. Uh, Matt Ryan, why is he only 10th for you? Worried about turnovers, worried about the injury affecting him. Uh, like the upside of a lot of other quarterbacks ahead of him, but still a definite good start. Devontae Freeman or that group of Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, et cetera? Uh, the other group. Freeman in PPR is closer to that group than in non-PPR. He's almost outside of the top 24 in non-PPR. Right. He, he. I mean, again, that, that run defense is so nasty. Yeah, and I, I'm not quite sure where the Falcons' offensive line is coming into this game. I think they might be getting they line up back. right by the quarterback, basically right in front of him. Oh, oh, thanks for pointing that out for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Lindstrom could be back, and and that'll give the Falcons a boost. But I don't know if that makes them a solid unit. Okay, would you start Matt Breida or Devontae Freeman? Freeman. Would you start? Um, Todd Gurley or Freeman? Gurley. Okay. So Julio Jones start. What about Calvin Jones Ridley? <laughs> I think Ridley's okay. With Matt Ryan back, with the obvious game script that should go down, which is Atlanta chasing points. And I, we'll see how the, the Saints go about covering these guys. I know that last year, Calvin Ridley had two huge games against New Orleans. Oh, that's right. That's fine. Yeah, so, I like that. At least 90 yards and a touchdown in each game. One of the games, he had three touchdowns. I think you can I think you can trust him this week. And Matt and Ryan, I think he's a good daily play as well. And Matt Ryan, his last five games at New Orleans, he scored 18, 22, 23, 15, 24. So that's, you know, that's like top 12, top 10-ish in a lot of cases. But it's just not like... He owns them at home. He hasn't gotten really that third touchdown, basically, on yep. the road. Well, you can use them in Week 13 when they're in Atlanta. They'll play each other again. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I have the, both of these quarterbacks in the two QB league, and I I'm really excited. I I think this has major potential for a big shootout. Calvin Ridley uh, or DK Metcalf. I believe I have Metcalf higher in. PPR, but in non-PPR, I definitely have Ridley higher in non-PPR. All right. So no, I got him higher in both. Who's Ridley a better flyer, uh, Russell Gage for the Falcons or Ted Ginn for the Saints? Let's go with scoring being the factor here because I think Russell Gage could end up getting a lot of checkdowns and get you close to 10 PPR points. He's safer in PPR. I think Ginn has the obvious upside in non-PPR. And obviously he would have upside in full PPR as well, but I don't see him suddenly having four-plus catches after he's had a steady diet of two and three grabs. Drew Brees should be amazing. He's number one for Jamie and Dave. He's third for Heath. Talk to me about the Saints running backs, though. What do you think? I think Kamara will still lead the way until the game is out of hand for the Falcons or if it's out of hand for the Saints, too. I mean, let's face it. There's a slim chance of that happening, but it's possible. And then once it is out of the way, I think Latavius Murray will take over fully. But before that, you'll still see Latavius Murray work in there a little bit. Let's let's call it like this. Expect Latavius to have around six or seven touches before the fourth quarter. And if it's a blowout win or loss for the Saints by that point, you'll see Latavius Murray... Uh, hmm. soak up some garbage time touches. So would you go with Devontae Freeman over Latavius Murray? I would. Would you go with Jamal Williams or Latavius Murray? I would. 
Jamal Williams over Latavius Murray. Okay. You also have Ronald Jones and Kenyon Drake ahead of Latavius. You do have yep. Latavius over Joe Mixon, though. So I have him over Mixon, Brita, Kalen Balage, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, they're all in the same group. Mixon actually one spot ahead of Murray in PPR, one spot behind him in non-PPR. Okay, then. Um, that's pretty much it for this game. You're going to start Michael Thomas. You're going to start Austin Hooper. And we keep saying Jared Cook's got a nice opportunity here. Falcons struggling against tight ends and the Saints throwing to their tight ends. Score in the end zone, anyway, more yeah. more recently. I, I have Cook in my top ten. He's ninth in PPR. All right, our next game. Um, you know what? Funny thing about this game. Arizona at Tampa Bay. Huh. Wait, I know it's a bonanza. Yeah, you already played this. This the, doesn't count as a fourth two, bonanza. The Adam. two worst teams against quarterbacks. Which quarterback do you like better, Jameis or Kyler? I've got Kyler. Uh, I believe I've, I've I, I go back and forth between them. I'm sorry. I have Jameis one spot higher than Kyler. They are both top six, both ahead of Stafford, Dak, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Okay, start these guys. Jameis Winston is the start of the week. For Jamie, already gave you the stat about running back getting 72 or more rushing yards in seven straight games against the Cardinals. They've all had 15 or more carries. Six of them have averaged 4.6 yards per carry or better. It's a nice opportunity for Ronald Jones. How does Ronald Jones compare to these number two receivers like Metcalf and Calvin Ridley and such? I would put him way behind them. I would take the chance on the receiver this week. Okay. So uh, David Johnson, Kenyon Drake. Thoughts? I still believe that David Johnson will lead the way in this backfield, but the more and more I think about it, I wonder if Drake earned himself a little bit more run and he could end up being in there 40% of the time instead of 30% of the time, which is what Chase Edmonds had when Edmonds and David Johnson were both healthy. And I don't mean the fake kind of healthy where David Johnson leaves after two snaps, but the real kind of healthy when they're both actually available to play. It also wouldn't surprise me if we saw both of them on the field a lot. They are both good pass catchers. They can both impact there. And I think you're going to see Kyler Murray throw a lot this week. He might be my favorite FanDuel quarterback because there's going to be a ton of volume for him. The running, I I don't see Arizona running between the tackles much. Right. They they have schemed very wisely. So hang on a sec. Let Let me throw out a scenario, right? We know the Bucs have a good run defense, although it's been a little worse the last two weeks. Derrick Henry averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Chris Carson, 6.6 yards per carry. But for the season, very good run defense. Kenyon Drake is a good pass catcher. David Johnson's only had two games with more than 13 carries. If Kenyon Drake takes away David Johnson's pass catch, some of his catches, he could be left with, with 12 carries against the great run defense. You know... I'm not saying I'm sitting him, but if you have somebody like David Montgomery who's set up for a big game, um, you know, or Jalen Samuels, would you get away from David Johnson just because we just don't know what the workload's going to be? You could if you really have other options that you feel safer with than Johnson. I think he's a number two running back this week, and I think that he can get 15 touches in the game, and I almost wonder if some of those touches are catches that come away from Kirk. Fitzgerald, the other receivers. And I, I do truly believe that they're going to spread the ball around, but also have a lot of volume with it. I already talked about it. I just don't see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if David Johnson finished the game with 11 carries. Right. But he, he needs, he's going to need work in the passing game, which has been his bread and butter this year. So he's a number two running back. What about the Arizona wide receivers against a team that gives up the most fantasy points to wide receivers? They've given up 
nine wide receivers have 82 or more yards against the Bucks. 12 have 70 or more yards. Are you starting Kirk or Fitzgerald? I, I can I, Kirk in PPR formats. He's tied or led Arizona in targets in his last four games. We've seen 11 receivers with at least seven targets against Tampa Bay. All of them have had at least seven points in non-PPR, 13 in PPR. So they're making plays. They're getting good numbers. And that, that that's what I'm hanging my hat on with Kirk, because last week was a total disappointment, but he still led the team in targets. Fitzgerald is a different story. I just don't think he's um, – I, I think he's a touchdown or bust receiver who hasn't been scoring touchdowns. So very hard to trust. And in terms of Tampa Bay, Jameis is top five. Ronald Jones is a number two guy with a good matchup. I'm a little concerned that Peyton Barber gets the goal line work. We'll see what happens in that scenario. And you know that Agumba Wale is going to work when there's obvious passing situations. I yes. don't think he's lost that job. And then uh, there is there any hesitation to start Mike Evans or Chris Godwin with Patrick Peterson no, on the field? No, obviously not Evans. Are you kidding me? But Godwin, yeah. there's going to be some people out there that are going to be nervous because the last couple of weeks haven't been good, but... This is what Tampa Bay does, man. They throw the ball all over the place. Arizona's pass defense isn't very good, even with Patrick Peterson back. I'm fully expecting another high-volume week for Evans and Godwin to come through. 11 wide receivers have had six or more targets against the Cardinals. All 11 have had either 80 yards or a touchdown. So Godwin should get six or more targets. And the tight ends. We know how bad Arizona is against tight ends. Although I can actually say maybe a little bit better since Peterson came back, um, even though Kittle had that big game. But can you trust Brader Howard? No, not no. Okay, they're they are too risky. There comes a point when you're streaming tight ends where the risk factor just becomes too overwhelming, and I think this is it for both of these guys. We don't have any evidence that suggests that OJ Howard himself can be good. We know the matchup's great. It's just a matter of whether or not the Bucks are willing to take advantage of it with Howard. They might do it with Bray. Carolina's at Green Bay, our final game. And, um... Nah, just kidding. Uh, Carolina at Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> sit Kyle Allen. Start Christian McCaffrey. Starter sit DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. The Packers give up the most 40-plus yard pass plays in the NFL. How about that? That... So that's something that could be appealing to Curtis Samuel. I just don't want to trust him if, if I don't have to. I think DJ Moore and PPR is the only safe guy to go with. DJ Moore or Ronald Jones? Moore. Curtis Samuel? Moore and PPR. It's closer in non-PPR, but I think I would still go with Moore. Yeah, I might go with Jones. Well, I don't know because no green zone targets, no targets inside the 10 for DJ Moore this year. And he you hasn't know what's interesting is he is their short area guy. But when they get in the red zone, he's not a factor. Not at all. Very, Curtis very Samuel real. is the deep threat guy, and he has three red zone touchdowns from Kyle Allen. Yeah, and it is weird. And the one touchdown that Moore does have from Kyle Allen, and, and really this season, is a 52-yard right. catch and run. Right. And, so they're uh, like backwards when it comes to touchdowns. And you like Olsen. I, he's had good matchups before, and he started out, did great against Arizona and Tampa Bay. But since then, not great against Tampa Bay. Four catches, 52 yards. Three catches for 40 yards against Tennessee. But you're very bullish on him because the, the Packers have been brutal against tight ends. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, even I'm a little nervous 
suggesting this with Olsen, but there just aren't a lot of tight ends that you can feel great about starting. At least this guy's got a terrific matchup. I am hoping that the Panthers find him in the end zone. All right, let's see what Aaron Rodgers can do. Dave's got him 11th right now. Jamie and Heath have him fourth. And it's you know it doesn't look like a great matchup, but if no Bradbury, it's a lot better. And like this is uh, this is when he's right, he's matchup proof. So, well, we shall see. Uh, Aaron Jones must start. Yep. Okay. Well, he better prove it because he got one catch last week with Devontae Adams back, and the he doesn't problem get a ton is of even if he doesn't prove it, you're still gonna feel compelled to start him because he's the lead guy. I don't think we're anywhere close to the point where Jamal Williams is taking over for Aaron Jones. No, and Carolina has been awful against the run since they lost Kawan Short. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams, is he the the only Packers wide receiver you're starting? Yeah, and the only reason, I've got him up there. I think he can be okay. Uh, Even if Bradbury plays, I'm hoping that he's just in better form this week. Last week, there was too much rust for him to knock off. And I almost think it threw off the entire Packers offense. Jimmy Graham, starter sit. Sit. What a fun show, Dave. It was a bonanza, a long one. I hope it wasn't too long for everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Saturday mailbag, Saturday night radio show, Sunday recap. That's coming up on Fantasy Football Today. Have a good one, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.